The following program was paid for by the Tony Colladio Show. The future is most definitely now. Welcome to 8Base Radio, an interactive show featuring technology trends, top business leaders, and upcoming events in the business world. 8Base Radio is hosted by 8Base founder and CEO Albert Santalo, a serial entrepreneur and angel investor with a passion for disrupting traditional business models. Now, here is Albert and your 8Base Radio team on 8 80 a.m. The Biz. Good afternoon, South Florida. This is Albert Santolo, founder and CEO of 8Base. We have a really, really cool show for you today on an incredibly important topic, women and technology. I have two very special ladies here with me today. Uh, we're going to jump right into it and introduce them. We have Amy Austin Renshaw and Sarah Bletcher. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here. It's great to see you again. I, I, I guess we met uh, maybe a couple of months ago, right? Yeah. Sounds yeah, right. We uh, tracked you down to see if we couldn't <laughs> pick your brain about how to grow something from a small seed to something really big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that was the genesis of the conversation, right? You guys came to see me. And it was more about, you know, how do you sort of take this to the next level? Exactly. And the conversation immediately went into more about what you guys were doing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I thought was fascinating. So why don't you spend a few moments uh, telling us about yourselves and uh, about Code Art. That's the name of your organization. Yep. And you tell, you know, one of you kind of start, say it whatever order you want. And, uh, you know, tell us a story how you would tell it. Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you a little bit about how Code Art got started. Um, it came out of um, the idea for Code Art came out of a um, coding club that I was volunteering with at iPrep Academy back in the fall of 2015, and it was just this amazing group of people. Actually, Sarah was still up in New York at that time, but <laughs> I was not a player on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it was myself, two other volunteer instructors, um, Marina Ganapolsky, Lander Bastera, um, and a a really enthusiastic uh, 12th grade girl who'd founded the coding club, Maria Mejia, and her amazing, um, super dedicated teacher, Lisa Hauser, who still works with us to this day. And the five of us had this idea of how can we get, so we had this great coding club at iPrep, but we were only reaching like 14 girls. And we're like, how can we Im increase the impact? And we had this idea, I think because it was Art Basel was coming up just like now, <laughs> it was about this time, three years ago. Um, and we thought, how can we get more girls excited about coding? And we're like, we really need to go show girls the creative side of coding. And we came up with this idea for a, a big community-wide event where it, there'd be a part competition where girls would code, um, code art and then the art would be displayed at the event. We'd also have inspiring women speakers at the event, a little bit of all these things. And, and we ended up holding that February 2016 at Magic at MDC Wolfson. And <laughs> with the amazing name, Code Art Miami. Right, right. We're, <laughs> right. We're pretty straightforward around here. Yeah, yeah. It's coding and it's art and it's Miami. And then at the event, we were inundated by all the parents coming up to us like, this is fantastic. How can we how can we do more? And so out of that was born the idea for Code Art. And 
Um, my two um, co-founders were Marina Ganapolsky and Lander Bastera. And over the next like year and a half, we took it to the next level, doing workshops, adding coding clubs. And then about a year ago, I met Sarah, who's like, now I can't imagine code art without Sarah. She's <laughs> taken it down wait. from New York City. <laughs> You've taken <laughs> us Fell to the next level. Fell in love with Miami. Um, well, it's actually really uh, hilarious. So I had uh, spent over a decade up in New York City running a digital agency. And I had um, uh, <laughs> made two small humans. And with a young family, I felt a little bit overwhelmed up in New York City, and I, I decided that I was going to make a switch. Um, I left my job at my digital agency, uh, running a, a medium-sized agency in New York City, came to Miami, and I hid for a whole year. <laughs> um, but I needed a little more. You know, There was something besides peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, that needed to fill my day. And I went to our local elementary school, and I started a, started a coding club there. Of course, a one coding club would not satisfy. Um, so I went looking for more to do, and that's where I ran into Amy. And when I first met her, uh, you know, I, I knew there was something here. I just couldn't understand it. I was talking to this woman. She had this clear vision of women and coding and bringing art into it, and it just sort of resonated with my entire experience over the last 14 years. So I said, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> great, great. Well, what does it mean to code art? You mentioned this earlier, Amy. What, is, what does that mean exactly? Well, so Google did a study a couple years ago, and they, they did a word map. They asked girls who'd never coded before or, or done computer programming, if people aren't familiar with what coding is. It's writing computer programs. And so girls who had never done any coding, what was the first word that came into their head when they thought of, about computer science? And the number one word was boring. <laughs> and we're like, no. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so code art is all about showing girls the creative side of coding, that you can actually write code that generates art. Um, one of our favorite favorite introductory lessons is write a computer program that generates your self-portrait. For our competition this year, the um, prompt is going to be uh, write a computer program that generates your self-portrait doing something that you love to do. Like We got the idea because last year one of our favorites was a girl riding her horse. and so <laughs> It was incredible. It, it was, was incredible. There was a girl on a horse and she did the whole thing with circles and squares and triangles and a little bit of color and trickery and layering and it was fantastic. Some variables really. and loops. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, so so that's one so so we have this annual competition. That's one of the categories, code your self portrait. Um, you can code animations, which gets into more computer science where you're actually more loops and variables mm. and functions. Um, we There's have the interactive category. Um, we have the 3D printable art category, which I absolutely love because it kind of takes uh, computer programming away from the computer and brings it to the real world. Um, and then last year we did Minecraft, but I think this year we're going to switch it up and maybe do some more website HTML, right. um, CSS uh, competitions. But you should see when these girls, they submit their work, but when they win, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Their eyes light up. All of a sudden, computer science isn't this strange thing that they could pick from a thousand a list of thousand things to choose from. Computer science becomes part of them. It becomes something that they say, "Yeah, you know what? This door is open. Let me let me look inside." Um, and I think that's where I just felt like the event was such a shining star and a way to really bring all the girls together and create a community that didn't exist. It really just didn't exist. Yeah. It, very cool. You know, when I was in computer science school, there wasn't much in terms of girls. <laughs> well, I can tell you that we've interviewed many, many programmers, and not one of them 
has said they don't want ladies in there with them. No, no, yes, they, that, that was sorely lacking. They are begging and begging for more diversity. Um, and so we think that all of this sort of, um, this low percentage of women in computer science is just an accident. You know, back in the 80s, women were almost 40% of programmers. I was going to say, back when you were in school, yeah. I don't want to date you, but there was probably... <laughs> it was there, the 80s. It was definitely the 80s. Yeah, so yeah. it was actually almost 40% women then. Um, it, it peaked was it in, really? in 1984. Yeah. It peaked at 37% of, of computer science graduates were female, and now we're down to 18%. So we're all about reversing that that trend. It's a bad trend. Yeah, well, that's and, a very, very bad trend. And the trend, you know, some people were saying, okay, is it just women don't like computer science? Or, you know, what is the reason? and why are women really opting out? Um, and one of the things we noticed, one of the things that we noticed was it's the curriculum. It's the curriculum, people. Uh, when you put together something that's computational, numbers-based, not a lot of imagery, you're basically taking anyone who might have both a sort of uh, process mind uh, but also an artistic mind, and you're saying this is not for them. You know, they're, you're pushing them away. Uh, and so at the end of the day, anyone who's programmatic, you're keeping in computer science, and anyone who's creative, male or female, uh, the curriculum today is really just repelling them. And so that's what we're trying to reverse by saying, okay, you know, there's a whole world of the digital agency world where it is technology plus creative. You have to be a creative person to get these jobs and, and to be successful in these jobs. And so we need people to both know how to program and um, to be creative thinkers. And I think this has really, really changed in the last few years. I mean, I always, yeah. I always, to me, the the marker in time was 2007 when the iPhone was launched, mm -hmm. and before that time, software uh, mostly needed to be functional. Mm -hmm. But Steve Jobs and Apple sort of demonstrated that software is as much art as you know, as much a function of humanities as the sciences. Yeah, and so. Um, you have to have creative people. You have to have people with empathy to be able to deliver modern solutions. And more and more, you're seeing technology converge with your everyday life, Life, right? So f design is, is a very, very big part of it. So we have to have uh, left brain people in this profession. And we have to have women. When women are yeah. in those design teams, like some of our needs aren't met. The first voice recognition 100%. software couldn't recognize female voices. They didn't include any. They forgot us in the data yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. We're 51% of the universe, people. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And if you're trying to put out a product, it's got to appeal to women. Right. Yeah. I mean, they purchase most more, things more in this than, world. Yeah. They do. Um, but also, you know, I think what you said is is. Right on. It's perfectly correct in that in the early days, it was just the mechanics. Can we build a computer? Can we have it do certain functions? And with the web and where we are now with HTML5 and basically any inf piece of information that you want in the entire world is up there on the web. Um, now it's about how someone consumes that information and how easy it is. So there are five, six, seven hundred websites that will sell you shoes. And you're going to pick the one that has the best creative, the one that has the best experience. Uh, and there's a whole you know, area called user experience design, which has come up, which didn't exist before because we had HTML1 and there was no experience. <laughs> we yep. had links, we had images, and that's about it. And now we have animation, we have movement, um, we have art, we have design, we have messaging. All the tools that traditionally you'd see from a brand agency is available online. And it just changes it changes the conversation in terms of what the web can do and also about who can actually program the web. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. So, so Amy, you went to MIT. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, so I graduated in material science. Actually, um, one of the reasons that I ended up doing code art probably leads back to freshman year when I was deciding what to major in. And I was debating between computer science and material science. And I'd only taken like one basic course, um, a course in basic in high school before that. And I remember some upperclassman guy said to me, well, if you haven't like taken apart a computer and, and put it back together, <laughs> you shouldn't. And, and it makes me mad looking back on it because oh my God, that I, I, let, bad advice. I let that influence me, you know? Yeah. And so that's a big thing that motivates me now. Like I don't want girls to be influenced by, by um, I think that guy Ideas went to like work that. at IBM <laughs> and, and, and gave the contract to Bill Gates to write the software. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I worked in Silicon Valley for three years in material science, went back to MIT and got a master, got my MBA and, uh, and then came, moved to Miami with my husband when he took a job down here. And so now you can see why I like her. <laughs> and, sure. and kind of became a self-taught uh, coder, did a lot of website. And did data. you really? Wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then I was just figuring out what I was going to do with my life when my kids were getting older, started volunteering and wasn't making a big enough impact. So I had to found a nonprofit and reach more <laughs> girls. <laughs> no, well, that's fantastic. Well, it's great to have you guys here in the community for sure. And this is an incredibly important cause. So tell us a little bit about how code art works. Uh, well, I can, uh, you know, uh, we have lots of different programs that we offer. And basically, it's just providing um, computer programming instruction in a variety of environments. So uh, we have sort of the first phase uh, with the girls, which we call Inspire. And these are all of our one to four hour classes. It's the first time the girl has ever tried computer science or tried computer science where she was producing some piece of art. Usually happens during computer science week. They're typically free and it gets the girls and actually their mothers very, very excited about doing computer science because previous to this, they thought, oh, she should probably learn it. And then after the moms see it with art, they say, oh, I want her to, er to learn this and I think she'll actually like it. Um, the second part of our program are our clubs, and our clubs range uh, between sort of 12 weeks and 36 weeks, but the, um, the ones that I think are the most effective are all school year long. So we're in a variety of schools, as well as a couple of libraries, and we have the clubs um, each week. They meet each week for an hour or two, and they have a different lesson every week, and we cover all kinds of topics. We do the self-portrait, which is JavaScript. Um, we do 3D printing with Tinkercad. We do block coding um, where we do the more complex programming um, theories, like we'll do loops and, and um, parameters and all sorts of variables, conditionals, all of the more intense computer science thinking we'll do in Scratch with uh, block coding. And then we'll even get into um, Python, Python and, and we do HTML and CSS, which is my favorite, which my husband calls computer science light. Um, but, and your uh, husband's a, a developer. He is a developer. I, I love developers. They are uh, my favorite people on the planet because any idea I have, um, they can usually complete. <laughs> and they know. Um, 
But the first year is really designed to be a taste of computer science, right? We cover as many topics as we can because we don't know what's going to excite her. Is it the 3D printing that's going to excite her? Is it the JavaScript? Is it the Python? Maybe it's the HTML and CSS. But we want her to realize that there are lots of different languages. There's lots of different ways that those things can be used to create art and allow her to kind of dig deeper after that. So in years two and three, uh, we typically focus on sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders. But in year two and three, we can get more deep, uh, deeply involved in the things that she likes to do. And then um, we have a new program, <laughs> which we're right, working which on. Which is one of those. <laughs> um, which is Technovation. So Technovation is a nationwide challenge. And basically what it asks of the girls for 15 weeks is it says, look in your community, find a problem, and solve it with a mobile app. And so we support the girls through that 15-week challenge with mentors and inspiration and guidance so that at the end, they actually can submit their app. And their app has to include a business plan and it has to include a pitch video. So these girls are really learning to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. They submit it at a national level. And I, I don't mean to brag a bit, but I think we have a good team this year. I think our team could go far. We could go all the way. Um, And what that does is that tells our third year girls, like, not all these things that you have been learning, there's actually a real world application. And if you do it right, there's a whole entrepreneurial universe where anything you dream, you can make. Um, And then our final thing, which we've still been working on is mentorships. We have our our graduating class and they've left us. They're now in ninth grade. uh, (laughs) But we don't really let them go. (laughs) We can't let them go. We can't do it. We love them so much. Um, And so what we've done is we've actually brought a few of the girls back and we've taught them to be teaching assistants. So they actually come back and become teaching assistants in our clubs. So they become, they get put into leadership roles. And one of the things that uh, happens to women sometimes is uh, they they don't speak up in a room, you know? They don't they don't stand out because they're told from a very young age that standing out might get you in some trouble. Um, and so what we like to do is say, no, leadership skills are important. It's how you get ahead in this world. And so let us give you some in ninth grade. <laughs> Great. And then we're gonna bring in some of our partners from the community to further support them, mentors and things like that. So these girls get um, some really unique opportunities, opportunities that they'll think back on and say, yeah, I had this opportunity in ninth grade and that's why I made this decision in 11th grade and all of a sudden I'm majoring in computer science in college (laughs) and we go, yes. (laughs) In in addition, we have a a very special program at Young Women's Prep Academy. It's an all girls, sixth through 12th grade school that doesn't have a computer science program. And we got introduced to them a couple years ago during computer science education week. We came in and did an hour of code with them and now we go in every month and we do an hour of code at that school for the last two years every month. And this year, um, they're a leadership magnet. And so we did a special training for all 27 of the 12th grade girls at their school. And they're, they're now the TAs in the classrooms when we go there every month. So again, it's another example of, of teaching them to take it to the next level and become role models for the younger girls. Fantastic. And why middle school? Oh, that's actually an important one. So it turns out, and this is incredibly sad, um, but girls choose not to pursue computer science at about eighth grade. Okay. They make that decision. And it's not a decision where it's calculated and they go through all the points of pros and cons. They just get a sense of feeling. Sure. And they make a decision that's going to impact the rest of their lives at 13. Um, and so what we found and what I thought was amazing about Amy's just, you know, 
whole purpose of code art was let's get them young. Boys start in fourth grade. Why would we let the girls start in eighth? So if we can get to them between fourth and eighth grade when they're still malleable, they're open, they're still listening to their parents. There's also a thing that happens around ninth grade where they stop listening to anything an adult says and they tend to do the opposite. And also they kind of have to go where their parents will take Take them them at that age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what we find is, uh, you know, it's a little like skiing, right? The boys start in fourth grade and they sort of do this thing where they're skiing their whole lives and then come high school, we go, come on, you should be a skier, you should do it. And then some girls are like, ooh, that sounds kind of interesting, maybe I'll try that. And then they get on the slopes and they fall and it hurts right. and they don't like it. And then they decide coding is, or you know, skiing is not for them. Well, the same thing happens in coding. Basically, the boys start in fourth grade, they've been doing it for four to six years, the girls finally get that sign that says, hey, try this, it's gonna be amazing. And then they try it, but the boys have been doing it for six years. So now all of a sudden the boys are like, well, do you know about parameters? And what do you know about (laughs) variables? Like, oh my gosh, you haven't hacked your own, you know, X, Y, or Z. Like the guy with me, like you haven't like built your own computer. computer. (laughs) And what that does is it's not a... It's not a logical thing, it's a feeling thing. It's basically she feels it's not for her. When there are five other things that are on her plate that she could choose where she'll be successful. So when she's looking at what am I gonna, where am I gonna spend my time, we all do this. We spend our time where we think we're gonna do the best. And if you get these this feeling from someone that you're already behind, um, it's not gonna work out. That's why it's critical, it's critical that the girls are introduced very, very early, as early as fourth grade. Um, a lot of our efforts are really sixth through eighth because that's when their skills are there to teach them the more intense, complex co- um, concepts. So once they get to eighth grade, they graduate. From right. code art. From, from, code from, art. <laughs> from our coder clubs, they go. Yeah. Although we kind of have a mix depending on, we're in three schools right now, and, and so young women's prep, they can stay in the club through 12th grade. Um, I prep, they can stay through 12th grade. Um, but yeah, they're usually ready for a bigger challenge by ninth ide- grade. Yeah, ideally we would keep them forever. <laughs> we would and deliver we're them to, do that. to freshman year in college. But um, you know, one of the things we need are resources. We need more. F- we ha- we know the need is there. We know the desire for the parents to put them in these clubs is there. Um, but we just need more funding, and that's what we're going after. Sure. You, and so what happens after they graduate and, and they don't in one of the places where they, it doesn't go to 12th grade um, how do you ensure that they stick with it through you know by the time they get to college so so a big part of it is that we get them to volunteer to come back and teach in the clubs and then we're in touch with them on a regular basis we get them to keep um, being taking part in the event um, Anna Mistily is like a great success story. Uh, she started as a student and now she is the lead instructor at the Pinecrest Club. She's a senior. Uh, she wants to major in computer science in college. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and, and last year at our event, she actually interviewed Professor Monique Ross from FIU on stage in front of 300 people at wow. University of Miami. So um, yeah, it, it, I tear up like thinking of her like back in eighth sure. grade when I first met her and where she is now. That's, that's amazing. And this has been going on f- since when? Uh, so our first event was February, well, we actually founded Code Art January 1st, 2016, okay. and held our first event in February of 2016. So you're, you're now beginning to graduate the first kids, is that right? Yes, 
Yeah, so, and some have already graduated. We actually, um, Taylor's another big success story. Uh, she started with us when she was 16. She went to a couple of our workshops that we were doing with Zero One and Winwood at the time. And, um, and now she's majoring in computer science at FIU, and she's the lead instructor for our FIU Coder Club. Fantastic. And, yeah. So it sounds like you're really teaching them leadership too. Yes, that's the idea. Entrepreneurship and the technical skills. And um, FIU is a big partner of ours, and we're really trying to keep the girls in the community as well. Great. And you, you had mentioned, um, Sarah, you had mentioned that they, uh, the funding, right? Mm -hmm. t tell us a little bit about how this organization's funded, um, the sustainability of it. You know, what's what's the plans for the future? Well, right now it's all donations, um, and what's sort of amazing about it's a that, great cause, though. Yeah, it right? is a great, it is a great, it is a great cause. If anyone would like to donate, code-art.com. There you go. Um, there's a, a button on there, uh, and and you can provide a single girl uh, a coding uh, course for the whole year. You could provide uh, equipment which because the girls don't pay. They no. do not pay right now. No, that's that's amazing. It is amazing, and we've been able to reach fifteen hundred girls, but it's still not enough. There's sixty thousand of them sure. in middle school in Miami. Do you know how many girls that we're not reaching? Yeah. <laughs> and so we need uh, either, and we've been talking about this a lot. We need uh, even more donors, and we need more fundraising, and we've been looking at all kinds of foundations, and they they love what we're doing, and so they're giving us as much as they can. But we may soon be opening up um, specific courses. For for pay and the reason is is there are parents who don't want to wait there are parents who have the ability to pay they don't want to wait until we get the funding and then can provide a, a free course and it also will allow us to better use our dollars so the money that we fundraise can go to potentially girls that don't have the ability to pay and the ones that do they'll get a, a service more quickly whereas we have uh, even down in Southwood Middle School they've been knocking on my door <laughs> um, and I would love to provide a club at Southwood um, but we just don't have the funding for it right now and, yeah. and they would they're, they're you know if they're willing to pay then we will show up well i mean i think you're you're adding you're providing a huge value uh i certainly see it i would love to have had something like this for my kids and you know you're not only you know giving them something incredibly interesting that they can they can do with their lives but something that can pay them well. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think the average salary, right now there's about a million uh, computer science or, or computer programming jobs that are not filled. That means there are a million jobs sure. that are open. I think that's just under the number of firemen in the U.S. <laughs> as a strange anecdote. Um, and then on average, they make 75000 a year. That could take more. a family. I think it's more than that. Well, it's that's, the, that's on average. So it, yeah. the sky's the limit from there. Sure. It's if you're if you're good at it, you know, and the thing that I think is just amazing, just totally killer, is that I got to this point in my life where I was super successful in my job and I had two kids and I couldn't see them because of the way my job was structured. If I had actually gone down just the programming route, I would have been able to go part time from home. That's right. And not part time where everybody else goes into the office and they look at you weird and they say, oh, she gets something special. But part time where it's everybody does it. Everybody's from home. And then you can both be with your children for dinner and yeah, you're, also. You're get talking to, about the gig economy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, even and full time, for, but more flexible. So you can. And for women, sure. this is a key part because this part of our lives doesn't last forever. There's only a short window and we want to then go back into it full time. Yeah, no, but, for women and their husbands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Right. And how many husbands would we love to have home? Exactly. Sure, sure. But how many husbands would like to have their wives employed? 
Yeah. <laughs> and their kids taking care of it at the same time. Yes, yes. And, and it's hard to love from a distance because I tried it. And so I think this programming, if what I think is we're not selling programming to women correctly. We're telling them it's boring, it's computational, there's a lot of math involved, and, and if you want, you, you know, a, it's soulless. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. on the flip side, my experience, personal experience, was it was the ultimate of creativity. Clients would come to us and say, I have a website problem. And I'd say, no, you have a business problem. And once we solve that, we'll create the technology and the creative and the design that's going to solve that problem for you. So for me, technology and coding has only been creative. I've never had an experience where it was computational. And that's where I find this sort of idea that computer science is boring is just, it, it doesn't match with my own experience. Yeah, no, and, and, and you know, computer science used to live on the computer. Yeah. And now it lives on everything. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right? Every device that we know of that we appreciate in our day-to-day lives has software in it, mm-hmm. including cars. Yes. Yes, especially. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're also talking a lot about the linear path of person gets educated and becomes a coder. But that may be an interim step to something else, right? I mean, the jobs today are not just about coding in a specific language, but a lot of the jobs have you know, sort of a requirement or at least benefit from were you a coder at one point in time? Oh, absolutely. Like, for instance, a product marketer in a software company mm-hmm. or a product manager in a software company. Um, I so, had, you know, that was my experience. You know, I had this, I fell into computers. I did not start there. Um, I wanted to be a forest ranger and a professional basketball player, but I ended up um, deciding on filmmaking. And then while I was at school, they taught me HTML, and I had no idea that that was going to then change my whole life. Um, and so it's definitely, you know, when I went in to be a pro- project manager and a developer came to me and said it would be two weeks, I said, well, how are you going to do it? And they came back to me and told me, and I said, well, is there another way? And when they came up the other way, it was two days, and all of a sudden I was the star employee. And That's it was right. just because I knew that the way that they were operating, there, there were alternatives. Sure. And so I think it, it changes everything. Well, great. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought, and we'll be back on that topic when we come back in a moment with uh, Amy and Sarah on 8Base Radio. Albert and the 8Base team return in moments with more 8Base Radio here on 880 AM, The Biz. If you're looking for a new car without the new car price, head to Durrell Lincoln and check out their inventory of certified pre-owned Lincolns. Here's GM Miguel Otero. Here at Durrell Lincoln, we have a reconditioning center where I have some of the best certified mechanics that go above and beyond to make sure that we're putting out the best quality vehicle to make sure that you drive away with the confidence of a six-year, 100,000-mile comprehensive warranty coverage. Pick out your certified pre-owned Lincoln today at Durrell Lincoln. Discover the Durrell Lincoln difference. If your business needs money and needs it fast, up to $250,000, One Capital Funding can help. For any credit score above 500, we have a 90% loan approval rate. And you can have the money within seven days. It's simple and fast. There is never an upfront cost or collateral required. All it takes is a three-minute phone call. Call 786-290-4689 or visit us at OneCapitalFunding.com. That's OneCapitalFunding.com. Or call us 786-290-4689. One Capital Funding. Rocket fuel for your business. 
Hey everybody, Ed Martinez from Front and Center on 880 The Biz. I love bringing 15 years of experience, passion, and knowledge of the law to you, my listeners. Now I'm doing even more for you. I can bring all that to you personally. If you've got any legal matters, criminal or civil, call me at the Martinez Law Center, 786-567-8757. That's 786-567-8757. Now you can benefit from my personalized attention and results-driven passion and justice. 786-567-8757. The initial consultation is free. Here's a question. What is the best place for cigars of the entire Southeast? Answer. Cuban Crafters here in the heart of Little Havana. The largest cigar choices you can imagine. Hundreds of the top labels in the world. Hand-rolled on location from H. Upman to Rocky Patel to the great Miami brand. That's a Cuban Crafters original. Have Al Gutman, George, and the team treat you to the finest cigars and a free Cuban coffee. Cuban Crafters, 3604 Northwest 7th Street. 3604 Northwest 7th Street. You can also call them 305-573-0222 or go to their great website, CubanCrafters.com. Cuban Crafters, the Radio home of front and center. Hello, everyone. This is Judge Anna Pando, retired county court judge, political and community activist for practically a lifetime. Tune in to my new show, And Justice for All, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Power-packed, fun, and informative discussion of issues that affect your everyday life. For all your legal needs, accidents, slip and falls, criminal matters, and any other legal needs you may have, call me. I will fight and help you in the same courts where I imparted justice for all. Remember, call Judge Pando at 833-X-JUDGE, 833-395-8343. Now back to Albert Santalo and the 8-Base team here on 880 AM, The Biz. This is Albert Santo. I'm back with Amy Austin Renshaw and Sarah Bletcher. Welcome again, ladies. It's been a great half hour so far. <laughs> Flown by. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot. We, we've, cut, we've talked about a lot and we still have a lot to talk about. Uh, what you're doing with Code Art is absolutely fascinating. Uh, it warms my heart. And as a parent, um, I can't think of too many things that are more useful. Uh, obviously, I, I have a little bit of a bias. <laughs> but learning how to code and uh, producing more women that can code is of great benefit to society, in my opinion. And there's a huge connection between the entrepreneurial world and technology right now. The majority of the entrepreneurial ideas have some sort of technical component. So there's a whole other group that says, we need more women entrepreneurs. And it's like, well, you're going to need to get them some technology skills. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, if you're going to if you're going to increase women in that area, too. So I think this could have benefit to lots of different groups. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, this is a conversation I've, I've often had. Um, I've even had it with MIT professors, which is the pent up demand of people that want to be entrepreneurs but aren't technical. Uh, and the pure business entrepreneur trying to pursue a software company, for instance, is really hard, yes. especially for a young person. Um, I have actually, I've run into a number of um, really smart, savvy business people who uh, have not done well, and it was because they had a large portion of their company relied on a piece of technology, and they just didn't build it right. And they don't realize yes. that when you build technology, it's it can be done a hundred different ways, two hundred different ways. Sure. Um, and because it's a black box for people, they say, "Oh, just build it." Um, and then when it gets built, it's not what they initially needed. It's not flexible. It's not scalable. It doesn't have this feature or that feature. Um, well, and if the word rewrite comes oh, into your vocabulary, <laughs> you're you're toast. Well, the question I hear a lot, actually, when when I do some uh, consulting, is should I just scrap it and start again? 
And I said, well, you're going to end up with a different bad result because you don't have a technology that's person right. to make sure that whoever's building it isn't is doing it in a way that's going to be um, that's going to make your business really sing versus just fulfill on the check marks of the features you requested. Yeah. So, so would you would you say that it's better to study computer science than it is entrepreneurship? I would say you need to do both. I would say you want to study entrepreneurship because there is something to style. You have to be able to pitch. You have to be able to tell your idea in a way that's going to capture people's minds and and hearts and attention. Um, And that's the first half, selling your idea. And the second half is building your idea. So I think the marriage, you need to But if you had to choose one as an undergrad? I I would do computer science. I would. I totally agree. I feel yeah. like it's easier to learn the entrepreneurship on the job. Yeah, no, I would agree as well. By the way, that's what my mother sort of told me <laughs> in 1985. Smart lady. Did I mention that mothers are great? Yeah. Well, she what, what she told me was, um, you know, she asked me what I wanted to study, and I said I wanted to study business. Mm. And she said, you're too smart to study business. You should study something um, that's technical, and then you can always study business later and apply it. And I thought that was good advice. I didn't think it so much when I was in my freshman year. There were no girls in my class. <laughs> and Doing so problem forth. Sol- yeah. sets late at night. But, but that was what, what I did and then went back and got an MBA. Mm-hmm. And obviously, studying entrepreneurship is not necessarily something you do for a little while. It's something you do forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do agree with you, right? I think the technical underpinning... Uh, is really what comes first, and then you figure out the the business side. Yeah. But it's hard to go the other way around. It's very hard. It's very hard. But I would the only thing I would tweak there, first of all, I love your mother. Um, <laughs> but the only thing I would tweak there is the curriculum that's out there today, um, and there's new curriculum now for elementary school that didn't exist before, so it's a little bit better. But the middle school, high school, and college curriculum is uh, very computational. I mean, it is it is trying to bore you to death. Yeah. Because there are some really difficult concepts that you got to get. For sure. But it doesn't need to be that way. And yeah. so that's where we feel like, at every level, we've sort of just slightly pushed pushed women away. And it's like you just feel slightly bad about this if you if you have any kind you're, of. You're touching upon a really interesting topic because this is an evolution. Mm-hmm. So when I was in in school, so we're talking about 1986 when was you know 1985 was my freshman year in college, and I started working in, in professionally in 1986 uh, in the computing business, but the computers that we were using. Um, you sort of you really had to know the computational concepts. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So it required people that you know had studied calculus, and it required people who were very analytical, uh, very organized thinkers, uh, deep thinkers, uh, problem solvers. So it was a smaller, much smaller population that that could go into that profession at that time, and usability was not much of a thing at all. No. So the, so the, <laughs> the humanities, yeah, the humanities no. didn't play into it too much. Yeah. Um, but today, there's still there's still a lot of the computational stuff taught, the the theory behind the computers. But the truth is that in many in many places, you can innovate without having to know exactly what the computer is doing under the under the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe some of that is not for everybody. Well, there's, I mean, to programming, there is plumbing, 
you know, and then there is the 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 tile, the front the front facing design element. And so we now have software that makes software. So we don't need even Apace is a perfect example of this. You know, you can have an idea and have a certain, you know, maybe more limited skill set and still achieve your idea. So we don't necessarily, you know, computer science isn't this tiny pool of mathematical thinkers anymore. Computer science can have everyone in it. Um, And, you know, in my experience, I was making websites and digital things. I didn't need to know the math. I needed to know how to make it animate and look really amazing and communicate the message clearly in a powerful way that was going to change my client's business. I didn't need to know, you know, how to get this, um, you know, data to be stored properly and scaled, you know, so it could scale to millions of concurrent users and all those sorts of more technical things. Yeah, no, and this we're seeing more and more of this. I had the folks from Iron Hack here last week. Oh, yeah? Oh, and they were talking about some of these same things. So the way they're their great. curriculum is structured and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, calculus is not in their, their curriculum. Nope. <laughs> well, there's a, a, an amazing sort of gif going around, and I, I laugh. But it sort of shows in high school how the math gets steeper and steeper and steeper until you get to calculus. And then it says once you get your job, it's really just spreadsheets. <laughs> 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 it was the funniest. I just I thought, yes, that's what it is. You learn all this complicated stuff to do spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it, 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 there's so many applications of this stuff today, and I think that's really the point, is that there, there will always be that part of it a very scientific, mathematically oriented piece. But the large majority of it today doesn't require that. But I think there is that old school attitude that I had to go through this, so you're not a real programmer unless yep. you go through that too. And that's a turnoff for a lot of our girls. So And, um, and guys. And guys. Oh, yeah. And guys. Definitely. A lot of people. I mean, it's just, you know, this stuff is hard. So, so it's really refreshing when they walk into a code art club and it just seems more like they belong there and they're working on fun and creative things from the start. And I think we should probably talk about the other secret sauce to code art. Um, one is the curriculum basically being all art driven, but the second is the social component. So what a lot of these... Um, you know, courses do is they stick you in front of a computer with headphones on by yourself. Right. And what does a girl not want to be <laughs> by herself? They are chatty Cathy's. <laughs> and, you know, not all girls are, of course, but um, there is a, a huge social component and pair programming is something that a lot of men don't want to do. And pair programming is all the girls want to do. They just want to chat with each other about what they're making. And, and it actually it propels them forward. It gives them the energy, the juice to keep going after it. Um, and so with all the classes that we do, you know, we're not going to put headphones on the girls and say, because they have this feeling, well, I could do this at home. And then once they do it at home, they're not interested anymore. So the social piece is actually critical. It's yes. actually a secret sauce. Oh, my God. And it makes for a much more uh, fun environment, right? It makes much more fulfilling exactly when you do things with others <laughs> and you community. You're in community, and you you develop your identity yeah. that way. And, and I'm sure the parents love that too, right? Yes. Oh, they do. About two thirds of the way through the clubs, um, we switch to group projects. They've learned the basic skills, and then they can decide like we're going to build a website, we're going to build an app, um, we're going to do a, a Interactive an, piano. An interactive piano, an imaginary <laughs> world in Tinkercad. Um, we did Little Bits last year in one of our clubs, programmable electronics. And that's when 
you know, that's when the magic happens when they're working together on these teams and and they all have their area of expertise. So there'll be, you know, the girls that really like to do research, the ones that are more hardcore programmers that are doing like the back end stuff, um, the designers that are um, building the user interface. And then every club and even every um, significant like if we do a four-hour workshop, at the end of that, we're going to have a showcase event where the parents come early and get to see what the girls have done, and that's that's when the amazing. parents fall in love with yeah. it. Because even even the dads, they don't they have an idea of what they think computer science is, and sure. it's not what they thought. And so we love having the parents around. We love to show the parents what their daughter has created. And I have to tell you, their daughters love showing their parents too. <laughs> of course. Um, and so it's really, it's, and, and part of it, again, the leadership skills where she exactly. gets to show what she's doing and the self-directedness. So when they get to choose their projects, they are choosing the technology that speaks to them. Uh, and they get to create an amazing team name. I think one team was three Gabbies, so they call them Gabby Gabcabs. Um, <laughs> but that, again, is that's showing ownership, right? That says that it's sunk in, not just into their minds, but into their hearts. Sure. And so you can clearly see the parents loving this. What do they say? Oh my gosh, they want more. <laughs> They're insatiable. Uh, when's the next one? How do I get how do I get my daughter into this other thing? Can you do one other special class for us? You know, what about at my school? Um, and we're trying, we're trying, but again, you know, it comes to funding. As soon as we get the money, we do it. And that's that's sort of how we've been working. Um, but I think I think we're ready to say, all right, you know, if you if you parents are want this so badly, um, let's Let's put out a cost for, for the class and see. Let's see if they if they come. I mean, that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, especially once they see it. I think if we our first class is the self-portrait, and it's using JavaScript. It's so intuitive, so easy. The mom's eyes light up, and they usually are over the shoulder of the daughter telling them, no, 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 move the, move the circle a little. No, no, four, 400 comma zero, 400, two, two, 220 comma 50. Um, and so after they experienced that lesson, uh, the parents are sold. They're, they said, yeah, this is not only computer science, but it is fun. And, and the big issue is the girls have a full schedule. So the mom's thinking to herself, does this fit into our after-school schedule? Like, is this something I want to trade in? How many hours commitment is it? Uh, two hours a week. Two yeah. hours. That's not too bad. No. They can get it done with two hours a week? Yeah, we do. we do the lessons where there's you know, 15, 20 minutes of, of teaching, and then they do a lot of exploring, and then we go back to a little more teaching, and then at the end we do a lot of, you know, show what you've done. And and if they want to do more, they, they can during the week, but it's not required. And especially, like, they can work on um, advancing their program for submitting it to Code Art Miami, which our next Code Art Miami takes place March 3rd, 2019, at University of Miami at the Newman Alumni Center. And uh, all the details of the things that you can submit are up on the website at code-arts.com. Um, and it even includes instructions. So if you haven't taken a code art class, you can still go to the website, see how this self-portrait gets made, and uh, you can do it with your daughter. And yeah, an amazing thing Sarah's been doing is working with um, with Anna Mistelia again, one of our amazing interns, um, to produce these video lessons for each of the um areas that are popular our most popular lessons that are yeah. really really fun intro lessons and then that allows the parent to not wait for us you know one of the big issues when you're waiting on funding is you can't do as many classes as you want so we have the internet 
the internet exists. Yeah. <laughs> so let's put it up there. And there are lots of moms out there who are go-getters. And they're going to go up. They're going to watch the video. They're going to sit down with their daughter. They're going to make their self-portrait. They're going to submit it. Their daughter's going to win an awesome prize, <laughs> award, certificate. Um, and, you know, we wanted to make that available because we're only limited right now by resources. And, and we have too much technology out there to make that our, our limit. And the dads and the older brothers and sisters can help too. <laughs> and so you said, so you said the funding comes from uh, basically donations. Um, yep. You're thinking about actual tuition. Mm-hmm. Yes. A- yeah, any other source? Um, we've had some great community partners. Um, actually, over the summer, we won the Inspire 305 challenge um, that United Way sponsored. Um, so that congrats! Woo-hoo! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that allowed us to actually more than double our the number of clubs. We had three clubs last year, and now we're up to eight clubs, um, thanks to United Way and Inspire 305. Um, the Albert and Jane uh, Namid Family Foundation funds the work we do at Young Women's Prep Academy. Uh, we've also gotten um, donations from the Jewish Women's, Fe- uh, Jewish Women's Foundation of Palm Beach and the Miami Women's Club, and also the Robert Fontaine Gallery. And then there's a lot of um, a lot of corporations want to help us because they see the need. They want to keep the um, create the talent and keep the talent here in Miami. So I mentioned before we've partnered with Zero One. Um, XAPT has helped us. Um, Publicis Sapient. Zaniac, uh, we, we did a workshop at Facebook, and actually a company you're very familiar with, CareCloud, um, bought the t-shirts for our very first event so that every attendee got a free t-shirt. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And how is, how is the, the curriculum delivered? Who, does, who actually does the instruction? We have paid instructors. Um, the instructors are students, computer science students from FIU, um, and they're trained by us. So we have a whole training program that they go through at the beginning of the year for our clubs. We take them through the curriculum. We tell them about how to run a class, talk about enthusiasm, (laughs) Um, and then support, too, making sure the girls, because this will be the first time they're doing it, some of them are are doing this, so how to get them through the bumps. Uh, And then they actually go out to our clubs, and and we have both lead instructors and then several uh, teaching assistants that go as well and they just circulate after the lessons presented and the girls give everything a try they circulate around and just keep their spirits up and and help yeah. guide them down the right path without giving them too many answers because a lot of this is about logic and creativity and so we're we're not about finding the right answer we're kind of about finding the answer you want for your project um, but all the all of our instructors come from FIU and I love that because it's part of the community and you know, we are building community, and so we want to make sure that we're using the resources in our community as well. FIU and our former students, um, most of the TAs are former CodeHer code students, um, and then some of those for, former students are now the lead instructors as well. Um, and, and Sarah, you've been working on the, the new learning management system to help deliver the curriculum better in the classroom. Turns out there's technology for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things that I um, I said, you know, Amy, what's your vision? How are we going to get there? And, and then I just pulled from my basket of technology saying, okay, well, there's software that does that. Let's go sure. look and see what, see what we can do. Um, but the learning management system stuff is fun because it gives every club their own class page and they get to chat back and forth. They get oh, to post great. the things yeah. that they've been doing, share all their artwork. Sure. Uh, it's just, it's a good thing. 
But between all our clubs and the program at Young Women's Prep, we have over four, over 50 instructors now. So we have this amazing... 50, really? Yeah, we have this is, amazing... Is it both women and men? Both women and men. Okay. About, I think it's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we have this amazing picture of at our training session in September of, of all 50 of them. So maybe if we can put that up on your website with the link yeah, to Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that would be tremendous. And uh, who, who, what area of FIU has been your liaison in this? Um, we work with Dr. Mario Arazzo at um, the School of Computer Science. Great. And Computer and Information Computer Sciences. Computer and Information Sciences. I always <laughs> His that title's up. really long. Yeah. Um, but it goes with him. He's, he's, he's an incredible individual. He's the STEM outreach coordinator for, for FIU. And he has big vision, too. I mean, he, he wants to get his uh, students connected and experience and leadership skills. And, you know, we have a, we have a perfect spot for them. Yeah. And, and, and he gets us all of our interns. He puts out an email blast. And within 15 minutes, we have, like, 40 applications and so wonderful that works <laughs> he's got well a lot then. of sway at FIU <laughs> <laughs> are, are there are there other programs like this anywhere no <laughs> well there's girls who code um, there is girls who code and black girls code and yeah I mean there's lots of um, girls who code but not with the art but they don't start as early and they're really not focused on art they might bring art in a little bit and actually there are a bunch of rogue individuals that i've been finding on the internet who like someone who'll be passionate a woman who'll be passionate about 3d uh printing and then she'll create a whole bunch of lessons about how to do 3d jewelry and so we're always on the lookout for inspirational artists that are using technology in some uh, female artists that are using technology in some interesting way and then we'll create a lesson from that because part of what we want to do is inspire and part of it is to deliver some technical skills. If we are not doing both, I feel like our lessons haven't haven't really delivered on Amy's vision, which is to just create this whole universe of a new style of creative programmer which doesn't exist today. Great. And where do you see code art in the next five years? Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> well, we have big dreams. Um, I think what we want to do is is just completely blanket South Florida. I don't want one middle school girl to not have been exposed to code art. There are 60,000 of them right now. It breaks my heart that many are eighth graders and going to ninth grade, and we're not going to get to them. But I need them to see what we see in computer science so that door doesn't shut accidentally and the next time when they go into their you know final career and they're knocking on doors for jobs whoever has a technology background is first in line <clears throat> I can't let these girls be in the back of the line simply because when they were 13 years old we made it sort of undesirable to do computer science um, so we want to blanket Miami get as many girls as we can here and then with any luck actually create a template that other cities can use and maybe hit three four five other um, cities where we think we can make an impact and and really not just do little bits here and there but you know really make a sizable impact and that's going to take a lot of effort on our end both in-person events and in-person courses but also a lot of online work where people can sort of you know self-guided um, get the content Great. Well, I think you had something exciting coming up. We just got a computer science education week this year is December 3rd through the 9th. And we're offering four free workshops at different libraries throughout the county. Um, So so go to the library website and it should be on the calendar. Do I have time to say the four libraries? I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, 
Code Art, right? Your website is? Um, code-art.com. Great. Well, thank you both so much for being here. This has been great. And I really, really applaud you for the incredible work that you're doing for this community and beyond. Thank you very much. This is Albert Santolo signing off. Appreciate you joining us for 8Base Radio, hosted by 8Base founder and CEO Albert Santalo. Join us every Monday in prime time at 5 p.m. for a powerful, interactive hour featuring top business leaders, technology trends, and upcoming impacting events in the business world, bringing together the brightest minds in business and tech. This has been 8Base Radio. See you next Monday at 5 p.m. Good night. Good night.